right, it is 7 a.m. across the Delaware Valley. A happy Wednesday to all with Bobby C. and the bro. I'm Cuz with the morning guys. And joining us, uh, he does every Wednesday morning. Usually he comes in, but today he's uh, nice, nice. He's down in Florida today. The coach. The coach needs a little... A little R&R, a little it's a good sun. Life. It's a good life. And uh, we go with week two observations from Coach Spagnuolo, Coach Spags. Good morning, Coach Spags. How are we doing, guys? Don't be hating now. Don't be jealous. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> far, right? Everything's good in Philly, too. So, <laughs> it's all good. Hey, hey, hey this week, I, I, let me throw this one out, uh, Anthony, Bob, Jane. Uh, it, was this the week of? Was this the week of retirements? One that uh, one player decided to retire, and then a bunch of them were forced to, as in kickers, <laughs> were forced to retire this week. I mean, that was it was wild. The the, uh, the Buffalo play was wild, and then just to see the thing kickers wise was was unbelievable. I don't know what you guys have been talking about, but holy cow! You know, the, the, the have you ever saw all your years in that league? Have you ever saw anything like a player retiring yeah. in a halftime? Yeah, just just a scary thing from a coach's standpoint, um, you know. But I, you know, when something like that infiltrates a person, especially somebody in the middle of a competitive venture, um, I'm not sure what you do. I mean, I guess you could gut it out, and you know, are you going to hurt your team and whatnot? But look, I I'm not in the mind of, of a particular person, an athlete. I've never been a pro player, um, but obviously something was not right there, and. He felt it was best to step away. It was just really hard for that football team in the middle of what they were going through to lose one of their uh, starting corners. But, you know, they'll move on. That's what you got to do. Yeah, you, you know, the scary thing is that when it unravels this quickly, and it's a shame because, you know, Buffalo had such a really good year last year and they made the playoffs. Yeah. And then, you know, then you play a harder schedule and – Things change yeah. the quarterback spot, and, and you know you got you. It's starting to unravel pretty quick. Yeah, I mean you could you can call it unravel, but it's almost like they rebooted a little. Yeah, bit. rebuild. They, I agree. They did a real. Yeah, they did a nice yeah. job last year with limited talent, right? And they ended yes. up squeaking into the playoffs when Baltimore get beat gets beat at the end of the season. And now you know you you, you trade away the quarterback that played last year, and you're going to go with a rookie eventually, and that's not easy. I mean, we're seeing it all around the league. Um, and it's it's not easy to kind of and so you got to be careful. The expectations obviously are higher, and now obviously you know two games into it uh, in Buffalo, they're probably feeling like it's not met. But there's a long way to go. And if the end result can be a year or two down the road, you got a you know you got a franchise quarterback and you're playing good football, then it's certainly worth it. It's just tough to take the bumps and bruises right now. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, and, and that's a team they didn't expect to compete last year. They kind of just were in it. And uh, exactly. it's supposed to be a longer a longer time. Let me ask you this, though, because speaking of rookies, I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes is not a rookie, but he's a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience, mm. and he comes out in his first two games, he's thrown 10 touchdown passes. What, what do you make of that? Well, special, obviously. I mean, part of it, I think, is, uh, you know, the, Andy has done a great job. You know, it, I was thinking about that this morning, Anthony, as we talked last night. Um, he's a special talent, Mahomes, obviously. They, they've been ranting and raving and, and, and excited about this kid for two years now. Um, 
And so they knew what they had, and he comes out of the blocks and his 10 touchdowns. But, you know, Andy has done such a good job with his staff and infiltrating new people, new ideas. You see, you see all these things coming from college, the IPOs and the, the movement passes and the play action. And this kid's obviously got the talent and athletic ability to go with it. But there's so many things, you know, I thought Andy was always great. I see Matt Nagy doing it, too. The first 15 that offensive coaches yeah. do, I just think that they've always been really good good at that and they jump on you early and then they kind of get it going and that's that's what this kid has done and the few times I've seen Patrick Mahomes uh, talking press conferences and whatnot I've been really impressed with the kid I mean immediately what jumps out to me is he, he continues to give credit to his teammates and how important the skill around him he's just a very humble kid and that's a you know we, we got a quarterback in Philadelphia that's the same way that's a, a great attribute for a guy at that position, the quarterback, when he's humble and gives a lot of credit to his other teammates. Steve, that's exactly what I want to talk to you about is that quarterback in Philadelphia. Put on your defensive coach hat again. And how do you attack yeah. Carson on Sunday? I mean, you know, coming off the injury, uh, the, the the injuries devastating this offense the way it has where he's his weapons really aren't there. How would you attack him? Mm. How do you think Indianapolis will? Well, I, I think you go into the thing first assuming that you're going to get the best uh, Carson Wentz. I mean, you have to go in that way. Uh, will there be a little bit of rust to knock off? Yeah, there certainly will be. Uh, what, what, you know, the, the rest of the other 10 players are 10, uh, excuse me, are two games into it, so they're not working, uh, knocking off any rust. So that helps Carson a little bit. But I, I would go in expecting that. Um, you know, certainly they're down on some weapons. I think you've got to make a decision on whether uh, – you know, stop the run and make him throw. I think you're going to want to test him in his mobility. Certainly the best way to test the quarterback's mobility is to get him in those third and unmanageable down in distances uh, so that he does have to drop back and then see what you can do that way. But look at this kid, um, you know, I, we, we, you guys have talked a lot about him. We're all thoroughly impressed. They're not going to put him out there unless they're 100% sure, so you got to assume that. Uh, you just let them roll and hope you get the same costume once that you had last year and that it energizes the other 10 guys around him. That's, that's what I'll be interested to watch uh, is the level of play of the other guys around him. How I, I anticipate that they'll all step up because, you know, he is going back in there. And it's kind of a shot in the arm. What, what do you do when we're talking to Coach Baggs, with Coach Baggs' observations? Um, what do you do with the – you're really depleted at the skill positions. I mean – you know, you, you didn't yeah. have sprawls last week, and now you probably won't have a jai as running backs. You know about the receiver with no Alshon, and you look yeah. at at what, what, well, you're bringing Carson back. You know, to throw to whom? Yeah, you got to be careful. Well, his, I mean, you still got to hurt, right? I mean, the yeah. tight end has always been a uh, safety valve for him. So the first thing you try to do is take him away and have them beat you with, the, you know, with the other wideouts. Uh, what's going to be really important is, is they got to find an explosive play somewhere, uh, and that can happen. I mean, they got look if guys are in the NFL, man, they can make an explosive play here or there. I'm not familiar enough with the Colts' defense, so I can't really speak to that. But if they can find an explosive play, a couple of them on offense, maybe find one in special teams. And the reason I'm saying that, guys, is get up on them a little bit. Look, the Eagles' defense is good enough to hold teams down and let the, you know, let the offense get going, score in the 20s and win football games. I mean, I just think the defense is that good. Um, but it's not going to be one of those, you know, it doesn't feel like it's going to be one of those where you're going to score 45 points and, and cruise to a victory. But, 
you know, there's a lot of character and grit and gut in that locker room. Um, but they can grind out a win and slowly kind of get going, get guys back, get healthy. Carson gets in a groove and away you go. I mean, that's the hope, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, you just, you just, yeah, you, I, I don't know. Have you seen guys, Anthony and I were talking about this, Steve, earlier. You've probably seen quarterbacks come back from a lengthy absence and just be on fire, whether it just be adrenaline, whatever it may yeah. be. Do you see that more times than not, or have you seen that more times than not? Or, or I know you're expecting the best out of him, or yeah. but, but do you usually see rust? Well, you know what? Yeah, you guys are, you know, it's going to be the topic, obviously, right up until Sunday. Um, I think a lot will, will will come back and have to do with the guys around them, and that's what you guys are yeah. addressing, and that's what you're concerned about. And yet, um, look, you know, Doug will put he'll put together the right game plan for Carson, all things considered. Um, I do think, you know, I'm going back, you know, the catchphrase RPO. I think that's a great tool for a quarterback that doesn't move, you know, that might have an injury and have to get used to it for right now. Because look at, uh, he's a smart football player, and the whole RPO is, is predicated on the fact that when you're taking away the run, they pull it out and throw at it. And when they're taking away the pass, you hand it off and let them go. Um, it's still a great weapon for him. And play action pass, which I think Doug does a great job of, and the routes that come off of that uh, are really, really good. So I think you'll see a lot of that. And again, I think if they can steal some explosive plays early, and get ahead, that'll help the whole situation. Spags, you know what's nuts? We, I was thinking of you because on Saturday, David Pollock, who does the college game day for ESPN, he mm-hmm. said that they should outlaw the RPOs in college. <laughs> and Based on what? <laughs> because it was so unfair. Based on the fact that you guys got you have guys blocking downfield. Well, I mean, I, I see where he's going with that. And maybe it just has to be officiated a little bit better. Now, you know, in the in the NFL, it's, I think it's a little bit stricter. It's one uh, yard. College with that, yeah. Three with yards that in college. Rule. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. He brings up a great point. Something to look at um, when, you know, I'd, if I could grab all the film and put it together, I'd love to look at it and see how often uh, the offensive linemen are down past a yard and actually blocking when the ball is thrown. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Now, I have... It happens so quick uh, that you're going to – wouldn't it be something if the first official made that call? Like yes. That, and I was, know, I was listening to David Pocket. I go, because at first, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of amused yeah. because he talks about yeah. how it's so unfair. But then when you think about it, I thought about it. It's only one yard. How many times was it mm. missed? Yeah, it's I'll, look. There's got to be a few times where the guys are down a little bit further than they should be. They're obviously coached, you know. They they block basically lateral, and yeah. a lot of those plays now are either a sweep going wide or with you know quarterbacks pulling it and throwing it. So the blockers, some of them are even bucket stepping back and blocking and not coming off the football. So maybe it's you know maybe it's a lot more legal than we think, but it would be something to really keep an eyeball on. Uh, and keep a look at. It. I mean, look as a, as a defensive coach, I'm always looking for a way yeah, exactly. to throw a yellow flag at the offense. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Up, we'll take it. They can back them up, either tackling them for losses or giving them penalties. That's okay. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I'm curious. I want to make you for a second before we get because I want you to give me your defensive rankings. But uh, I, before we do that, I want to make you head coach of the Steelers, and you got Antonio Brown. And Antonio yeah. Brown tells the XPR guy to trade me. 
<laughs> on Twitter. The expert, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with the whole story. I know something is going on. I mean, look, the tough thing is, you know, uh, what's Pittsburgh? Oh, one and one, right? Yeah. They, they don't have a victory yet. They got the tie and the loss. Uh, and that's not easy. I mean, right now, um, you know, I'll come back to Pittsburgh, but, you know, I've always talked in these terms. It's a race to 10 wins. You got you to find your way. You, you got to get your team to 10 wins because 10 yeah. wins, not close to getting in the playoffs, right? You may or yeah. may not. And the teams that have two wins right now are off and running, but a team that doesn't have any wins, that's where you struggle. And then Pittsburgh's in that situation right now, and you have things going on in the locker room. you got a running back uh, that didn't show up, and now you have a wide receiver. I don't know the whole story, but that's not easy. And that's where, look at that's where coaches earn their money, and more so than not, what you need in those situations is your veteran leadership. I mean, you just need guys to calm it all down, you know, get focused on what they need to do, which is the next football game, and find a way to get a win. I mean, these teams that don't have a win right now, all they're doing is clawing, scratching, begging somehow, some way to get a victory, whether it be luck, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, just get a win. Everybody feels different in the building uh, the following Monday. Uh, and then off you go. But that that's not easy, guys. You know, when you haven't won a football game and then you got these rumblings going on. But it happens in this world of uh, outside communication, constant communication. And uh, I'm sure, you know, they'll have some discussions, you know, in those offices and be behind those walls on what should be said, shouldn't be said, and how they should go forward. Steve, you, you talk about the race to 10 wins. Who in the league, you look at some of the 2-0 and teams, maybe a 1-1 team, but who in the league has, I don't want to say surprised you, but stuck out to you? Yeah, you know, of those, the, the, the two win teams, the three, there's seven of them that have won two games. And the, the right. three that are surprising to all of us is Tampa Bay, Miami, and Denver. You know, don't forget about Denver. I know it's all the way out there on the West Coast. Miami, certainly. We all know the whole Tampa thing. Now, you know, the Rams, KC, Jacksonville, um, you know, I think we all thought they would be pretty good. Cincinnati has jumped up there. But those teams are often running to get to, to 10 wins. I mean, there's 16 teams in the middle that have a win, have one win. And then there's, you've got your nine teams right now that don't have a win. By the way, you know, four, you guys have talked about this before, four of those nine teams without a win so far are new head coaches. And those are new systems. Yeah, yeah. That's always tough duty. You know, new on offense, new on defense. Um, and they're struggling a little bit, and it'll take a little while. So, I mean, the teams that, you know, not not just necessarily new coaches, but I looked at this uh, the other day. Teams with a new offensive scheme and a new defensive scheme. Okay, there's six of them. Okay, and of those, that the total uh, record for those teams is two and tw- two and ten. It just goes to show you how hard it is in this day and age with um, you know limited OTAs. You know, we know what's happening to training camp. It's being cut back and whatnot. Uh, that's hard to get the, you know, you can't, you don't just throw in a system and away you go. I mean, there's nuances. Guys got to figure it out together. Coaches got to feed it to them. Sometimes it's trial and error and t- trial and error. And the error is happening in a game, not a preseason game. Uh, but it's, it's a little tough to do. So that's why you're seeing some of the things you're seeing right now. All right. Let me get to your defenses. I'm curious. Because listen, you, you, you know how yeah. they, you know how they do it, right? There's always the rankings, the quarterback rankings, yeah. Yeah. the uh, let's go to the end, team rankings. So I thought it'd be fun to do the Spags top five <laughs> defensive rankings each week. I love so it. So you look well, at I, your defenses. Who stands out to you? 
Well, let, let's preface it this way first, Ant. Um, I make this first statement. Um, we're talking about a two-game, yeah, you know, track record here, yeah. and a lot depends. We're talking about just defense, right? Yeah, and a lot has to depend on what offenses they've played. Okay? Yeah, we know some offenses are struggling, and we know some are better than others. So it's going to be a little bit skewed to me. You don't find out who you are and what you have until you're a quarter away through the season. You've got to get into four games for coaches to figure out what they got. But the ones that, that stick out to me, certainly Jacksonville and the Rams. Yeah. Now, I'm not a big total yardage guy. Like, if you go to the total yardage defensive rankings, there's some different teams up there. I don't even know who they are. But to me, the most important thing is points allowed. As a defense, that's what you're trying to do. It doesn't matter how you do it keep points off the board. So points allowed huge. And look at the Rams with 6.5. You're going to win a lot of games when you hold teams to under seven points. And Jack, to your point, they did play Arizona last week in Arizona. You could like name your score. Yeah. Yeah. Open the week before. So that's what you got to keep in mind when you're talking about, this is going to fluctuate, but they look at, they look talented. They're doing the right things. You got a great coordinator. Jacksonville, same thing. You know, and the other, you love watching Jacksonville. It's got to be a team after your heart. Yeah, they look at they got a lot of talent over there. They fly around, they got speed, uh, they got pass rushes up front, they got the guys that can cover with a lot of confidence. Yeah, you know? they made Gronk invisible on Sunday, Steve. They sure did. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see that whole game, but as I looked at the stat line, uh, which is not easy to do with that offense and that quarterback, but you gotta give them a lot of credit. Yeah, and they and they played a, a top notch offense, so certainly uh, they're credible. And the other two teams, you know, and these aren't uh, two win teams here, but Minnesota and Baltimore's defense to me are always solid. Now, Baltimore didn't play particularly well on Thursday night against Cincinnati, but I still think they're strong in Minnesota. I mean, they always play well. You run into Green Bay, they give up 29 points to tie, but they still play really good defense. They played really good the week before. I tell you, two defenses, Anthony, that you're not going to think. Uh, initially, out of the blocks, are playing real well. But both Washington and Dallas have been really good on third down, and they're really their points allowed aren't terrible either. So watch out for those two teams. And then these two defenses, I'm not giving you a pure ranking other than Jacksonville, yeah, yeah. Rams, Minnesota, Baltimore, but these are just things that stuck out to me. But I think I feel worse for the Cleveland Browns offensive players and defensive players, and especially for the defensive guys. Yeah. I, I think both those units have played really well, by the way, against two good offenses, Pittsburgh yeah. and Cincinnati. I'm talking about Cleveland now. And have played pretty good, certainly good enough to win. And then they have the kicking situation in both games that kind of bites them. So, and the other thing is, I know Chicago's only one and one right now, but they're, they're really kind of fun to watch defense. Yeah. I love uh, watching. Mean, just, just, yeah, not just Mac. Yeah. I, mean, I think they do some good things. and. Uh, they're an interesting team to me. So, I mean, certainly Jacksonville, Rams, Minnesota, and Baltimore, I think they'll be all good uh, defensive teams. And then those other, you know, the other two, Minnesota and Dallas, I'm surprised at. But I would say that when it's all said and done, if everybody stays healthy, Cleveland and Chicago defensively will be up there. There it is. That's great stuff. Brother, what do you got on tap today? Oh, we got well. We might have a little bit of ocean involved, maybe a little seafood somewhere, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, then I, you know. It won't be it won't be the same as all the food we had last week though, guys. <laughs> no. Nothing can top that. <laughs> you guys are the best. Well, thanks, brother. You're the greatest. Ted, give Maria a hug, all right? You got it. Have a great day, guys. All right, buddy. Here he is, the uh Coach Spags. And it's Coach Spags, his weekly observation. Now, his weekly observations is interesting. The the, the if you're in the Browns, oh my God. <laughs> really, you beat you beat you basically beat, beat the Steelers and the Saints. Yeah. 
and come away with right nothing. Yeah, yeah, that that's tough down there. Watching the reaction of Browns fans the other day in that game was just it, it puts you in a good place knowing that you're not there. Where are but, the Eagles at when it comes to ranking defenses? Well, yeah, I mean, like, do are we, we talking but, home let, or road? Let me ask you yeah, a question right? too, because that's a great point, bro. They're two different teams. They are. Ha- have we overrated the Eagles' defense? I think a part of it, maybe. Well, th- yeah. Think about it for a, a second, question. right? You know, think about it. And I have a name, Officer Gable, who's a great Eagles fan, has a name to fix the Eagles' wide receiver woes. Mm. All right, it hasn't been mentioned, and I I would love it. All right. So All we'll right. give we'll divulge that name. See what you think about it. That's next. Don't go anywhere. The morning guys right here on 97.5 Fanatic. I'm Cuz. All right. Listen.